Excuse the sunglasses. It's just the future of the Florida Gators is just so dang bright. It's blinding. Find out why on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Twitter is WNS underscore Brandon. Written work and video work with Whole Nine Sports and more written work with Giants Country of SI.com. Before getting to today's content, you know what I'm going to do. ask you to like, subscribe, leave a comment, review. Especially leave a review if you're on like Apple Podcasts. Because every review there is just like, he's cringy. And that sucks to see, but whatever. Um, That's where we're going. But we've got a great episode for you today. Because most of the talking is not with me. It is with John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Lockdown's Recruiting Insider. And here he is. Joining me now on Locked On Gators is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Not the only recruiting insider anymore, the Locked On Football Recruiting Insider. And before getting into today's content, I'm just going to thank LinkedIn Jobs, which is your, I mean, really the best place that you can even post your job, the Locked On Recruiting Sponsor. And post your job at linkedinjobs.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. And John, I know you were in Gainesville, but uh, pretty big weekend for Florida football, you could say. Just just, what was your experience like in Gainesville, first off, before we even get into the other details? (laughs) Well, look, every time I go, I'm like, man, the, the city keeps growing. You know, you could tell that there's more desire to live in the Gainesville area and uh, we're just seeing new construction and, and all that stuff. But, you know, in terms of FNL and being there at the swamp, you just kind of felt the excitement, you know, Billy Napier was really laid back. It's like he knew he was about to have a great weekend on the recruiting trail. So it was, it was pretty mild in terms of from an intensity standpoint, which is a good thing, right? Because look, it's August. Now all these kids are starting their high school seasons all these Florida players are obviously gearing up for camp uh, at UF, et cetera. So you don't want to ratchet it up too much, but having it kind of in the middle level, uh, I think works. And that's what we saw at FNL. Uh, but the, the combination of just the people on hand uh, in terms of top level recruits, former players, current players, obviously the parents, the coaches, I mean, there was, it was kind of a, a coordinated effort top to bottom uh, that, that you could just kind of see uh, working. It, it was just a, a, a confident, positive kind of atmosphere. And, and I think uh, it certainly helped Florida with a lot of recruits. Of course, many committed. Some uh, were on campus for the first time and others were just kind of taking that secondary look at UF from a casual perspective and really enjoying what they saw. You could kind of understand what the sell is with this staff relative to where the, where the future of the program might be headed. Yeah, and we're going to talk about all four of the commits from this past weekend. Um, of course, four four-star commits because he, he's blue-chip Billy at this point, so that's just what he does. But we're starting with the receivers because, I mean, obviously right now the highest-ranked player for Florida's 2023 class 
is Aiden Mizell. And just what does it mean for Aiden Mizell to actually get locked in finally after for what seemed forever of just like, he's going to be a Gator, uh, but he's finally locked in. So what does that mean for this receiver class? Well, it, just, it means it has just about everything that you would want in a receiver class, right? You've got size, you've got speed, you've got variants of styles, right? Eugene Wilson's more of your slot type. Aiden is more of your true vertical threat, just blistering speed. And then you've got some guys that can work in between and Whittemore, a Tyree Patterson, et cetera. So you've got kind of a complimentary unit being built. Um, and Andy Jean, who I'm sure we'll talk about as well, brings another uh, level of juice on the other side. So I think you've got nice variants with these five guys. I think that wide receiver group could contend with many schools for some of the best in the country. I won't say it's number one. I think Ohio State kind of has that on lock. But in the race for number two, Florida now becomes one of those players in the conversation. And I think when you talk about what gets fans exciting, excited, it is production, big names, or just raw speed. And, and Aiden's got really all of that at his back, a legitimate track star, Gator legacy, all that stuff. And, and look, man, the guy made TMZ. He made SI <laughs> national because he used live freaking alligators. You know, I mean, I think – he he was probably already going to be a fan favorite because, like you said, there was such a, an expectation that he would commit to UF no matter really who else was involved. But then you do it with live Gators and you make national news, you know, kind of on your own. I think that leads to a whole lot of, uh, you know, fan favoritism, if you will. So, yeah, this receiver core committed is, is really strong. Um, Mizell is probably the crown jewel of it, but I think that's the thing. You can make an argument for Andy. You can make an argument for Eugene as being the best one. So I think that's a great indicator that this is a really strong wide receiver group uh, because all five are different. They bring something different to the table, and you can make the argument that, yeah, two or three are, are the very best of the bunch. So uh, you got to be happy about the future of that position at UF. And obviously, Kerry Colbert deserves a, a ton of, of praise for building this class. This is the strongest position group to date that UF has verbally committed. And watching him coach a little bit at FNL, man, the energy's crazy with him. Um, yeah, he's running as more routes than all the receivers there. I mean, he is he was drenched by by eight o'clock and they didn't start warming up till seven, seven thirty. He was drenched, he was tired, but the energy never slowed down with him. So you could understand that coupled with his own resume of playing and and, coach, and playing at the highest level, et cetera. And you could just start to understand why wide receivers are kind of clamoring to play for him and, and the Gators all together. Yeah. And I mean, last week we spoke about this, I mean, fantastic receiver class right now for the Florida Gators. And we were talking about the possibility of Andy Jean committing. We didn't necessarily think it was going to happen this past weekend. Of course it was like Saturday at like 1130. He's like, Hey, I'm committing it too, by the way. Um, and so that was a, a huge ad, especially it's finally Florida getting a win over Miami here. Um, and he was kind of the cherry on top, but what does that mean now for not just Andy Jean, but just for Tyree Patterson is who I want to talk about here because pretty much a couple days before Andy Jean committed, uh, I forgot who it was, but someone put like a crystal ball prediction that Andy Jean was going to flip to UCF. He is the lowest ranked commit in this Florida Gators class. He's the fifth receiver there. What does that do towards the emphasis of even adding another receiver at this point for Florida? Which, I mean, I feel like <laughs> for so long, I was like, when do they stop adding receivers? And then now we're talking about maybe losing one and adding another. 
Look, that's the business of recruiting, right? If you go, if you win the battles you're supposed to win, right? Your Aiden Mizell's, your Eugene Wilson's uh, type of recruitments, and then you you win some legitimate battles, right? Andy Jean, you know, a guy that Miami, like you said, had on the commitment list, lost to Florida. And, you know, they still sent him an official offer, and I'm told they're still going to recruit him. So, you know, you win a true heavyweight, you know, in-state battle like that, uh, and then you sprinkle in some other, you know, local talent like Woodmore on top of it. Yeah, it's it's the business of recruiting sometimes dictates that, you know, the numbers are the numbers. And if that Gator board says, hey, we can take four receivers, and now you've got five committed, I mean, it's simple math. One's got to go. Um, and And that can happen in a lot of different ways. Sometimes the kid realizes it. Sometimes the program kind of nudges them like, hey, man, we love you. But, you know, we care about you enough to say, hey, take some other visits and just make sure, you know, you don't you don't all right, you know, all out drop them or anything like that. And I don't think the Gators will do that. But you can kind of give some hints, you know, and again, that's business. That is the nature of the sport. The scholarship numbers are limited. The board is limited. The offers are limited. The letters of intent that will go out in December are limited. So if you feel that way about the receiver position from Florida's perspective, it is your responsibility to communicate that and be transparent. And luckily for Tyree, he's got additional options. Florida State is interested. UCF has been all over him. I think he visited UCF after committing to UF. So, I mean, that, you know, is is a relationship that is fostered. And UCF's, you know, won some really nice recruiting battles over the last week or so. Braden Marshall, John Walker, my goodness. Uh, so I think UCF, if if that's the kind of um, consolation prize in his recruitment, it's a pretty darn good consolation prize. So it's one of those things that you monitor and you expect some type of movement, um, but you don't, you never know when it's going to happen and then how your own board might change, right? I mean, I think that's something to consider as well. It's not as simple as there's this many spots. Uh, now this guy's got to go because he's the lowest ranked. I mean, it, it's never that simple. There's always a whole lot going on in between. Uh, but yeah, if you had to pick one of the five that felt like he was the most likely to depart, it would probably be Patterson. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people that you want to interview faster and for free. Can't recommend it enough. With simple tools like screening questions, it makes it easy for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and just the right experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then maybe hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, Nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, and then on the flip side of things, Florida added two four-star defensive backs this past weekend. The first one was Jakeem Jackson, who I know I've seen everybody talk about him as someone that they like he's coming into his own he's growing but he's already got great length um what does it mean for florida to add him he was also the only win um, from that uh, thursday night where it was like well florida's in play for all of them and then towards the end like his mom was wearing a kentucky shirt and we were just like oh no we're gonna lose them all but what does it mean for florida to actually get jakeem jackson's commitment 
This was a huge win. You know, I think we talk about the wide receiver group, the DB group starting to look really nice as well. Um, and I think Jackson could end up being the best of the bunch between him and Sharif Denson. A lot of similarities in terms of great size, great length, great speed and playmaking ability. But like you said with Jakeem, he's just kind of rounding third into in his development. He's just, you know, not quite there just yet. And that's a great thing when you're talking about college football recruiting because you've got another year of high school ball that's about to start there for for Kissimmee Osceola uh with, with you know his famous teammates now Derek LeBlanc and John Walker they're all going to go to different schools after all of that um and and then he'll continue to develop thereafter so I think the the floor is nice because you're getting a long athletic prospect uh with some track speed to boot but the ceiling is is really what's intriguing here because you're getting a guy if he develops he may be the best DB in, in this group. And again, we talked about it at wide receiver. If we're having the, well, maybe it's this guy conversation about the best of a position group, it means there's a lot of strength in that position group. So skill guys, skill position-wise at UF, you got to feel really good right now. Receiver, corner, safety now is, is all starting to look good. And, and that's the other thing about these corners. You could make the argument that one or two of them could end up as a safety or nickel down the line, uh, not the worst thing in the world when you're talking about, you know, building an SEC defense. So uh, a huge get. You had to win, you know, one of those Osceola guys recruitments. And, and I think in terms of what he's going to be, I think Jackson could have the highest upside of the trio. Yeah, and then they also added a kind of pure safety type in Jordan Cassell on Saturday morning. Um, what does it mean for Florida to add him and also have someone who, like I spoken about before we talked about off air briefly having someone who plays the position that Patrick Tony directly coaches well yeah that's huge you know it's been it's felt like a matter of when and not if Jordan would pop for UF uh, so certainly I know a lot of Gator fans are excited that that's done so they could like officially claim that one they've been on the cusp for seemingly six months uh, it seems with him but yeah still a great get even when it's expected it's still a great get if the prospect is is legitimate and Jordan is legitimate 6'2", 200 pounds, just looks the part. He looks like a safety. You walk by and you're like, do you play football? Oh, okay. Are you a safety? Yes. You know, that answer is going to be yes with him. He looks like he's already playing college ball right now. Uh, and I think he brings a balanced game to the position. Like you said, he already plays it. This isn't a projection where you're moving a corner or a wide receiver or a small linebacker. Now, this guy was was kind of brought up as a classic safety. And that's the the exact position that he's going to project at at Florida. And I think that's something that, you know, brings another level of comfort and peace of mind uh, to Gators fans out there. So again, this, this secondary class also took a major uptick over the weekend and uh, it's not quite done, but it's looking like, you know, right there with wide receiver, the, the strongest position group hall that Florida is going to bring in this cycle. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned it's not quite done and there's another player to talk about that's, Kind of rumored to be added. But before I even get into that, congratulations, John. Um, you were one of the few platforms that didn't screw up and jump the gun on this. But um, oh, boy. oh, boy, I know who you're asking about. <laughs> Dijon Johnson uh, decommitted from Ohio State this past weekend. He was at Friday Night Lights. He was at Girl in the Bill. What is the latest on Dijon Johnson's potential commitment to the Florida Gators? Well, look, first he had to decommit from Ohio State. So that part has actually happened. And yeah, it was uh, to say that that like 
I don't even know where to start. Okay, so we're at UF. There's a million topics, right? DJ Lagway, Marcus Stokes shows up, a bunch of commits, uh, new commits coming, um, top uncommitted recruits from Alabama. I think there were three or four that were on campus. All these topics were kind of like just popping up as you would walk by people. But nobody had more talk around his name than Dijon, than Didi, as he's known uh, at, at Team Tampa where he plays his seven on ball. Nobody had the conversation surrounding his name like he did. So he kept a low profile, man. He was he was on the field a whole lot, didn't work out, didn't kind of like float to the sidelines where the reporters were, and, and for good reason, because there was a lot of chatter, publicly, privately, paywalled, however you want to classify <laughs> it, that moves were about to happen. And I think he was frustrated. You know, I, I ran into him and and just said hello. He, he, he had told us he didn't want to do interviews, so I wasn't going to try to you know, con him or anything like that. But yeah, you could tell there was a little bit of frustration there because there was first the reports that he was going to visit for FNL and then, okay, now he's going to flip from Ohio state. And then it became, but Miami's going to court him for a visit, um, which, which I'm told was set up at one point. Don't know the, the end point, but at one point it was set up. Of course the trip didn't happen. Um, and, and then, you know, now we're at this point where he's just decommitted and that's kind of it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's it's kind of a tricky situation. Florida obviously has been foot on the gas for this kid for quite some time. We've talked about Tampa being a Gators town and, and UF staff, this new staff, really emphasizing the area. Uh, seven on teammate of Eugene Wilson, who we've talked about a little bit earlier. And, and yeah, there's a whole lot of Corey Raymond involved in this thing. And when he is courting a corner, it is a big deal, whether you're Cormani McLean, whether you're DD, whether you're some 2025 kid that's about to get an offer. <laughs> Next week, it's a big deal when Corey Raymond wants to because of that track record. So it, it still resonates about as well as any individual coach sending an offer does in America. So Brian Hartline to wide receivers, Kyle Flood to offensive linemen, um, you know, Lincoln Riley to a quarterback. It, it resonates as well as, as any individual offer relative to the position. So, yeah, Florida's going to have great secondary classes with Corey Raymond. And, yes, I do believe – uh, Dijon is most likely to pick Florida, but no official update on the timeline. Uh, there are some family circumstances that are creating uh, a more you know mature approach uh, from Didi. So I think that factors into how he's handling the recruiting process as well. So I think that's really important to consider. The summer is almost over, but honestly, that don't mean Jack Diddley squat. You got to try to stay in shape year round. And I know I've said this excessively and incessantly um i have a very hardcore sweet tooth luckily for me though i get to eat built bar instead of other sugary junk that i do love eating i do i'm not going to pretend i don't but built bar is at least healthier first of all it's coated in 100 chocolate so there's chocolate and i'm happy that's that's instantly if it's coated in chocolate i like it that's that's how i go it's sweet, especially if you eat a built puff because it's marshmallow. Delicious. Most bars are about 130 calories, just four net carbs, which is the main thing I care about. Carbs are like net carbs is what I care about. So just four net carbs along with 17 grams of protein. So I get to eat whatever I want. Built bar, delicious, fantastic, makes me feel good. I don't got to feel guilty. I don't got to feel bad. And I get to look, you know, 
kind of good. I The face, Bill Barr can't help, but the body, Bill Barr can. Bill Barr is always coming out with new limited time flavors too, so you'll never get bored. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order with Built or BuiltBar.com. Yeah, and then, I mean, there's another player who was at Friday Night Lights and, and Florida fans were chatting up quite a bit about whether or not he will become a Gator, but it was Will Norman who we've talked about quite a bit uh, at this point now, and Florida fans are, are kind of starting to get a little antsy about whether or not Will Norman could be a Florida Gator. Do you have the latest on that? Yeah, we were at, so I was at IMG's media day before FNL, so I saw Will Norman, Desmond Ricks, Sam and Pemba, like the whole day, Friday. I'm pretty tired of those guys, just just kidding, of course. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when I saw Will at IMG, he came out in Gator shorts. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, is he going to commit? And and I'm kind of with you guys. I'm like, when is this happening? He did say, though, that other schools are trying. You know, Tennessee has a major need on the defensive interior They've made some splashes at IMG in terms of being, you know, top contenders for Carnell Tate, Francis Maui Goa, and Pemba, who we just talked about. So Tennessee's trying to make a move here late in the game, and so is Arkansas and a few others. So I think there's a little bit of diligence, due diligence, that that Will is considering uh, in this recruitment. I, I think he approaches it knowing that Florida's there and going to be there, kind of like Jordan Castell, kind of like Aiden Mizell, where you just kind of feel like it's a matter of when and not if, although – he doesn't have the ties that those guys do to, to the Gators. So I do think that makes it a little more interesting to track going forward. And the longer it goes, you're kind of like, oh, this might not be good for UF in the end. But there's a huge need there. We talked about strength at receiver in, sec- in the secondary. There's a lot of need in the trenches, O-line and D-line for UF. He knows that. He does feel like a priority. I will say that just kind of being around him at FNL, different energy than when he was at IMG. IMG, very businesslike, kind of in and out. Didn't want to talk a whole lot. When he was at UF, you talk about feeling comfortable. I mean, he was like leading the tour with Ricks and Impemba. Like, oh, yeah, this is this place. and this, You know, so there's so much familiarity and comfort between Norman and the Gators uh, that it does kind of feel like he's already committed. But he is not publicly or, to my understanding, privately verbally committed at this time, though Florida should still be considered the favorite here. I don't want to make it seem like I'm trying to say anything else. All right, John Garcia said at first that Will Norman's going to be a Florida Gator. Um, <laughs> but just circling back to who's actually committed at this point, this is a discussion that uh, I believe was after Jordan Castell committed. We kind of got into it when I went live afterwards. Who at this point is probably the most important player for this Florida Gators class? Because we got into it about it being Aiden Mizell because he's the highest ranked, Marcus Stokes because he's the quarterback. But who, in your opinion at least, is the most important player in this class so far? I think if you're talking about, you know, positionally, I do think it's Marcus Stokes only because if the if the arc of Anthony Richardson is what it could be, and we all recognize the talent here, and yes, he was doing backflips at FNL again. If If he's as good as we think he is and he puts it together, healthy season, all that stuff, blah, 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 and he goes and you know to the draft, then the quarterback becomes the most important you know commitment you got because there's just a lack of depth. I mean, it just kind of is what it is. There's almost no experience behind Richardson, who has little experience himself. Uh, so it, it's going to create kind of a wide-open competition. It's what? It's Jack Miller. It's, it's, uh, it's only a few guys at the end of the day. So 
Securing that quarterback position was, was really important. Stokes probably ain't ready for year one. His arm is, and everything else maybe maybe isn't. Um, at this point, he's still a little bit raw for me. But if you are thrown into that situation, you've got to be prepared from a depth standpoint. So in that regard, I think if we're playing the the season goes as well as it possibly could for Florida kind of deal, it's Marcus Stokes because then AR is, is gone. I almost called him by a nickname that he doesn't want to be called <laughs> by anymore. But I think if you remove that, you can make an argument for a couple guys. I don't, I don't think it's Mizell because I'm not sure he's the best receiver. Um, he's probably the best, but he's not. it's not a runaway kind of situation for me. Uh, so I do think um, the expectation of his commitment also lessens kind of the feel of the importance, even though it shouldn't. It kind of felt like it did. I, I think you can go to the secondary. I, I think Jakeem Jackson at this point could be that guy. Um, I think Sharif Denson could be that guy at the end of the day as well. Um, and I want to throw this other name out there because I saw him for the first time in person and I was kind of floored by the size. Uh, TJ Searcy, his frame is looks like he's playing power forward at the collegiate level right now. Um, his frame, depending on how that develops, he could very well be the jewel of this class when all is said and done. We know he's tall. We know he's long and athletic, but his frame is broad. He can carry another 25, 30 pounds without much imagination. So if he becomes kind of the Dexter replacement on the defensive interior as this uber-athletic jumbo-sized interior guy, he could actually become the crown jewel. Because if you talk about the the optical and perceptive need at UF, it's it's in the trenches. So I do think that could give him kind of some dark horse quality as, as maybe the most important get so far in this class. But the fact that multiple guys are under consideration, I think, again, tells you that this is – a pretty darn good class. And when we drop our rankings this week at, at SI, the Gator fans, I think, will be happy. I mean, maybe they won't be happy if it's anything other than one. Uh, but I'll spoil that if if that's true, because it won't be one. But it'll be it'll be much closer to that than it was, you know, a week or two ago. And that's obviously a great sign. Yeah, and I mean, TJ Searcy also is like, he was kind of the momentum starter for July. He committed July 4th, the morning of, and then that week, by the end of it, it was Marcus Stokes was there, Trayon Webb was there, Eugene Wilson III was there. So he was kind of, the, he kind of started that fire. Um, so he hey, very well could be the guy. Thank you, John. This is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Lockdowns Football Recruiting Insider, John Garcia underscore JR on Twitter. And you know you'll be back, man. We'll have you again. <laughs> Sounds good, Brandon. Thanks for having me. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Florida Gators football team as camp is here. And that's something to be very excited about. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Giants Country and find my written and video work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I will see you all tomorrow.